Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Willie Mays has done it again. He has brought the baseball world to a standstill. I'm San Francisco Chronicle columnist Heather Knight, and you're listening to Fifth in Mission. Happy 90th birthday to Willie Mays, the beloved former center fielder for the San Francisco Giants, a Hall of Famer, and a San Francisco institution. To celebrate, I'm chatting with John Shea, a Chronicle sports reporter and the co-author with Mays of a book called 24, Life Stories and Lessons from the Say Hey Kid. John Shea, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. This is a treat. <laughs> Thanks for coming on Fifth Admission. I know you're a regular on Giant Splash, but good to have you on this one as well. And the news of the day is that San Francisco Giants legend Willie Mays turns 90 years old on Thursday and is expected to celebrate and be celebrated Friday night at the Giants-Padres game at Oracle Park. And it will be the um, 90-year-old Hall of Famer's first game since 2019. You wrote a story about Willie and his birthday this week. Can you tell me a bit about that story and what you found out? Well, well thank you. Yeah, 90. I, I, every, everyone I always speak with say, what, what is he, 50, 60, 90? <laughs> what do you mean 90? He makes 90 look good. Yeah, geez. But I've just been blessed, I guess, to have this wonderful association and um, relationship. He calls it a friendship. So I guess I would, too, with Willie yeah. Mays. and. I was over at his house the other day, and you know, anytime I visit him, it's not 15 or 20 minutes; it's usually several hours. And I wrote the wow. book with him, co-authors mm-hmm. of 24, in which I spent a lot of time with him, more than 100 hours overall, over the course of wow. a few years. So this was kind of the same thing, where I'd hang out with him, and it, I, I never really call it an interview; it's always a conversation because. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we just start talking and then I don't even realize it's an interview and then I go back in my on my tape and I say well you know I guess there were some good questions and better answers <laughs> so uh, it, the flow is always organic and fluid and mm-hmm. it goes where it goes so anyway mm-hmm. from that conversation uh, I put together a piece that will run in Thursday's Chronicle which is the birthday that's today and. Uh, mm-hmm. We have a big spread, in fact, pages and pages and pages. It's really a keepsake, this uh, sporting green. We're due for some good news. So Yeah. Hey, uh, you see you later, uh, 2020. We have <laughs> Willie Mays, and that's all that matters yes. in, in life. Exactly. But yeah, so Bruce Jenkins and Scott Osler and everybody weighs in. And you know what else? We have dozens and dozens and dozens of short tributes by a whole bunch of people, including Barack Obama and George Bush and Oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, Bill Clinton and Condoleezza Rice that I reached out to. And when you reach out on behalf of Willie Mays, you usually get a reply. And, you know, Huey Lewis <laughs> and Bill Walton and Rip Barry and Warriors and A's and Giants and uh, oh, my. So uh, it's it, it's loaded with great Willie Mays stuff that uh, has never been seen before. So uh, pick it up, uh, subscribe online, do it all. So how did he seem when you saw him this week? Great. 
he just wishes that he'd be able to get to a ballpark because he has not been to a regular season game since 2019. Now, he was in Scottsdale before the pandemic in March of 2020. So he went to plenty of home games. He's always at home games uh, mm-hmm. in the clubhouse, hanging out with players and managers and coaches and front office staff and media. And he's just always successful because he doesn't want to be on the payroll and get paid for something he doesn't work for. So he makes it a point to always be there. Now, in the past year plus, he hasn't been there because he's been sheltering like a lot of people, like a lot of seniors. Mm -hmm. And the great thing is Willie Mays is expected to be at the Friday homestand opener. And that will be Willie Mays appreciation night. I guess I just made that up, but that's what it'll be. (laughs) Sounds good to me. Yeah. A a huge pregame tribute. Uh, They'll have a cake. They'll sing happy birthday. He's turning 90. He'll have a close circle of friends. Uh, You'll see him on the field before the game. Hopefully Um, that's the plan. Uh So you never know with Willie. Uh, there were a couple of times where he wasn't even supposed to say a word at Peter McGowan's memorial at Barry Bonds's uh, number 25 uh, retirement ceremony. He, he wasn't on the docket to say anything. And the next thing you know, he's speaking uh, glorious words of wisdom for 10 or 15 minutes. And the game is delayed for 10 or 15 minutes. But who cares? It's Willie Mays, right? <laughs> yeah, you can let him talk as long as he wants. Um, so how has the past year been for him? What did he shelter in place the whole time? Is he fully vaxxed? What did, What do you know about his pandemic? Yeah, uh, yes and yes. Uh, sheltered mm-hmm. in place and has been vaccined and, you know, he's roaring to go. He uh, misses being in the clubhouse and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's that's his home. But he also, you know, the world has changed as this story I wrote uh, in the paper you'll see is, uh, you know, kind of touches on all of that. And Uh, Of course, we've lost 10 of his best baseball friends. 10 Hall of Famers have passed uh, since the pandemic. Uh, Some Mm -hmm. great names, Hank Aaron and Bob Gibson Mm -hmm. and uh, Whitey Ford and Lou Brock and Tommy Lasorda and uh, just on and on and on. Joe Morgan, that was a real hit because young Joe looked up to Willie, uh, raised in Oakland. His father took him across the bay to Seal Stadium back in 58 and 59 to see Willie Mays. And the next thing Joe knows, he's in the big leagues. And Willie calls him over and said, hey, uh, give me a call after the season. Come on over. And Joe's thinking, well, that'll never happen, but thanks a lot. And next thing you know, the season ends. And Willie's calling him and say, why don't you come over here? Are you going to give me a call? I said, well, I didn't know you're serious. And Joe goes over and spends a whole day and leaves with bags and bags of swag and gear. Here you go from Willie Mays. Because all the sporting goods department stores always gave him a bunch of stuff that he gave away to uh, players and teammates. But anyway, it, it was tough because a lot of those people meant so much to Willie. So it was a tough yeah. time. But the thing with Willie Mays is always move on. It's, mm. okay, this happened, but let's get a better life tomorrow. And that's mm-hmm. been his story, knowing where he's come from um, mm-hmm. outside of Birmingham you know, the Deep South and the Jim Crow era and what he's become and overcome and, you know, not not allowing the bigots to get their way and and you know, hearing everything that Jackie Robinson heard because he was signed by the Giants and in the minor leagues just three years after Jackie broke the color barrier. So this is a living legend, uh, you know, an epic, uh, iconic figure that we're lucky to have in San Francisco to call our own, right? Yeah. 
Well, let's talk about him as a player. Where would you say Willie Mays sits in the pantheon of baseball greats? Well, there's Willie Mays and there's everyone else. <laughs> I mean, that's one way to put he's it. He's the greatest all over uh, all around player in the history of the game. And wow. uh, people would say, well, what about Babe Ruth? And I would say two things about Babe Ruth. Number one, Babe Ruth played during segregation and never faced any minorities of any kind. Mm. So even mm. though Satchel Paige was in his prime, he never faced him in a regular season big league game. Even though uh, Oscar Charleston, the Willie Mays before Willie Mays, was in his prime in the 20s, he never played center field when Willie uh, when Babe Ruth was at the plate in a regular season mm -hmm. big league game. So he ne was never able to track down maybe a triple that Babe hit. Um, so it, it was, it was limited competition because it's only white players. So mm -hmm. by the time Willie came along, um, the game was integrated. It was slow, especially in the national league where Willie played with the Dodgers and the pirates and the, and the giants and all these other teams. And throughout the sixties, obviously, uh, the, the, the baseball was great pretty much because African-American players, uh, in the national league in the sixties and into the seventies. Now, uh, the second thing I would say, um, difference between Willie Mays and Babe Ruth, they would say, well, Babe Ruth pitched and had World Series records. It was a great pitcher before he became a great hitter. And I would say to that, well, two newspapers in Alabama when Willie Mays signed with the Giants said that Willie Mays is probably going to be a major league pitcher. They actually projected he would be a pitcher in the big leagues hmm. because he had such a great arm. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of reasons that uh, Willie Mays is the greatest overall player who ever lived. And I think a majority of the people uh, living today would say the same. And he wasn't always a local hero. Um, can you describe how he was received by fans when he came to San Francisco? Yikes. You're right. Um, 1958, the Giants moved west. And a lot of people from North Beach, you know, the Italian community, a lot of people in the media. Uh, beat writers, mm -hmm. the columnists, maybe were a little skeptical of this kid coming out who was in his prime and the best entertainer in the game. Why? Because Joe DiMaggio played center field in San Francisco at Seal Stadium. And now Mays was going to come in and do the same. Even though Joe hadn't played in the city for 20 years because he was just a teenager with the old San Francisco Seals of the Pacific Coast mm -hmm. League before he became Jolton Joe in, in the Bronx. Well, <laughs> People thought Joe was king, and Willie, you have to prove yourself. Well, you know, Willie didn't always go four for four with four home runs, and uh, that's what they remember Joe doing, right? Which he didn't. But anyway, it was a slow. Uh, for some, I mean, a great majority of people accepted him right away. Who wouldn't? But mm -hmm. it, it was just intriguing and interesting and amazing to look back and realize that not everybody uh, took to him right away. But in Short term, it was unanimous. Everybody loved names. We'll be right back after a short break. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited Chronicle access at sfchronicle.com slash pod. And of course, he endured racist housing discrimination when he tried to buy a home here in the city in 1957. Can you tell me about that? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he, he tried to buy a house in November of 57, moving from New York, and he wanted to live wherever the team was. He wasn't going to just, uh, you know, move in and rent a place for the summer and then go back to his place in New York. Wherever the team was going to go, he was going to be established there. And that says a lot because you don't always see that with major league players. Mm -hmm. 
So he found this beautiful home up in the hill near Fran, uh, St. Francis Wood. Uh, I think it was 175 Mariloma. And it was like 37 grand, 37.5. And he bought the house. And the owners found out, well, he's black. I'm not going to sell it. In <laughs> San Francisco, right? Wow. And the Chronicle actually had the story first with the headline. And this is what the, the headline on November 14th, 1957 had across the top of the cross. Willie Mays is refused SF house dash mm. Negro. Wow. The what's it was all over the media. You know, Mayor Christopher comes by and say, Willie, hey, if this is any problem, you can come down to my neighborhood. You can live at my place until you. No, 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 no. I'm going to stay here at 175 Mariloma. Well, why is that? Mm -hmm. not, not just because Willie and his then wife, Marguerite, absolutely loved the place, but because of the next family who was going to come in, a uh, minority mm -hmm. who was going to try to do the same. Well, they would not have the powers that Willie Mays would have, and they would be denied, and nobody would write about it, right? But because yeah. the Chronicle did that, and all the media outlets in town, it became a national story. It was all over the place. Mm -hmm. Well, the owner and the neighbors and the realtors, everybody buckled once the news got out, once the negative publicity hit the streets. Mm -hmm. And Willie got his house eventually. And good for him because he really paved the way for that community, for other communities in San Francisco, you know, to, to be open to everybody as they should. Yeah. So, I mean, he, right. he was not just a great ball player, but, uh, you shoot, a uniter, a, a, a peacekeeper, um, you know, a hero on, on many fronts. And that's just mm -hmm. one example. And did he speak out generally about race and civil rights issues during the civil rights movement? No. And Jackie Robinson criticized him for that in a book he wrote in 1964. It was an oral history on integration in baseball. And he tried to get all the people, black and white, from the game of that time to kind of weigh in on their stories. And uh, Willie Mays and Maury Wills of the L.A. Dodgers uh, would not do it. And Jackie was critical of him, specifically Willie, in the book. And it was hurtful. And it's not that Willie Mays, you know, didn't want to do right for himself, uh, for civil rights, for the African-American cause, etc. But his father, Willie Mays Sr., Willie Howard Mays Sr., told him, now, you got to remember, Jackie, you know, from Pasadena uh, in a family, uh, military, didn't, you know, Negro Leagues didn't get to the big leagues till his late 20s. Um, college education, you know, multiple sport uh, superstar at UCLA. Mm -hmm. And now here's Willie coming from the deep south, signs out of high school, and he's, he's a center fielder for the New York Giants at the Polo Grounds in less than a year. So these are different backgrounds. And, and yeah. it's not like Willie's uh, parents stayed together after Willie was born. But the dad, maybe a lot more than the mom, was there all the time for, for him and raised him and taught him about the game and, and made sure he had a food on his plate and a roof over his head and, and, you know, books and a playground and a glove and everything like that. But, uh, yeah, it was um, it was difficult. Uh, it was a difficult time. But uh, anyway, that uh, there, yeah. there, there's so much history involved in, in Willie Mays going back. But I, mm -hmm. I spoke with so many people for the you know for the book for the 24, Reggie Jackson and even Hank Aaron and Maury Willis himself, who was part of that. Willie McCovey, Cepeda, Alou, all these people had great anecdotes about what Willie did do for those guys. So while, mm -hmm. while Jackie and maybe even Hank Aaron later in life marched with Martin Luther King, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, and 
and, and spoke uh, out against uh, racism. Willie did it in his own way. And mm-hmm. his own way meant uh, pulling guys aside, you know, set, uh, setting uh, the, you know, uh, by example, leadership, uh, all that kind of thing. So he did a lot of stuff that people didn't know about. Not till I really dug in on the subject for the purpose of the book did I realize how much he really did do. Like, you know, Joe Morgan said, there's nobody who helped me more than, than Willie Mays when I was a kid growing up. He, he said things like, you know, make sure you leave the game better than you found it. And, and, and be a role model for the, the next black guys coming up and, and, you know, white and black and and everybody else. He just said, you know, do the right thing. And, and Willie Mays, you know, maybe more than anybody else in baseball, just, you know, it exudes that positive energy to make people be better and uh, mm-hmm. racist, be less racist, uh, bigots be, you know, less uh, than, than what they were. I mean, why would I go mm-hmm. to a game as a racist and, and cheer on Willie Mays and to go home, look in the mirror and, Say so why? Why the hell am I a racist? You know, and that's what mm-hmm. that's what Willie did. He changed people's minds. Bill Clinton told me it's absurd. Willie Mays makes it absurd to be a racist. Right. And how has Willie spent his life since retiring from baseball? In baseball, <laughs> not really retiring. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he got kicked out of the game with Mickey Mantle uh, a few years after he left the game. He he got inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1979, and a few days later. Bowie Q and the commissioner kicked him out of the game. Uh, and, and later, uh, Mickey Mantle, the two greatest players, they kicked out of the game. He said, why? Well, associations with gamblers. Well, this isn't Pete Rose. This is, I work for the casino. I play golf with the clients. I sign some autographs and that's it. In the contract that says mm-hmm. I can't even gamble. So th- these aren't, you know, cricket ball players throwing, throwing games uh, or cricket managers throwing games. These are a couple of guys without a pension plan because baseball didn't have, allow for it, nor did they have no a big free agency. There was no free agency. There were no agents at the time. They were just working for casinos and getting a couple bucks. So anyway, mm-hmm. Peter Uberoth comes into the game as the next commissioner. The first thing he does is, is bring those guys back into the game uh, in mm-hmm. early 1985. Best thing he ever did as commissioner. And, and, uh, and that was an easy PR move. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So anyway, they were in the game. And then a couple of years later, 1986, Bob Lurie, the Giants, brings them back home to the Giants because he had been working for the Mets, his final team as a player, up until the time he was suspended. So from 1986 until now, Willie Mays has worked in the front office as an ambassador, a, a, a special assistant to the president, whatever you want to call it. His title might as well be Willie Mays. And that's all you really need to know. <laughs> Uh, what would you say he means today to San Francisco and to Giants fans? Well, uh, there's the Golden Gate Bridge and there's Willie Mays. <laughs> I, I'm not sure it's that's the right order, though. Uh, it might be True. Willie Mays 1 and the Golden Gate Bridge 2. But, uh, I mean, the, there are two people who really cheered more than anybody uh, when introduced at the ballpark, and that's Barry Bonds and, and Willie Mays. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Willie Mays obviously uh, – maybe a higher octave or two when, when things get roaring because, shoot, Barry wanted to be Willie. Barry's dad, Bobby, played for the Giants in the late 60s and early 70s, as, as, uh, and, and Willie Mays mentored him. And then years later, Willie Mays mentored Barry when Barry was going through the tough times uh, with, with the government hearings and Balco and everything like that. So um, it, it's a full circle, and I think – San Franciscans realize, especially now, I mean, the older he gets, the, I mean, shoot, he's always been number one here. He's always been the greatest giant ever. And, you know, you take it further, the greatest player ever. 
you know, on any team. And it, it's it's just so special that uh, Willie Mays is around and doing the things he does through his Say Hey Foundation. He's always helping kids. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the Willie Mays Clubhouse uh, down there at the uh, um, Hunters Point uh, Boys and Girls Club. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, th- th- there's a cable car, 24. Yeah. Uh, the, the statue right out in front, the address of the ballpark, 24 Willie Mays Plaza. I mean, his fingerprints are all over the city. Mm-hmm. And all over that ballpark, and uh, you know, it's it's a way it should be, and it, it's yeah. it's it's not going away, and it will never go away. And there's a new Willie Mays scholarship that's um, being announced today. And can you tell me about what that scholarship is for? Yeah, so uh, Willie Mays and the Giants and a couple of nonprofits uh, called Alive and Free and 100% College Prep. They're all in on this, and mm-hmm. it's it's a scholarship program benefiting San Francisco kids, ninth graders, uh, basically black youth living in the city who mm-hmm. who um, you know might not be getting the breaks other kids that age are getting. And there's going to be five awards every year, and it's going to value about seventy thousand per, and that includes you know high school mentoring and. And, uh, you know, overseeing of all the work, working with the parents to educate them on their roles uh, of uh, getting these kids not only through high school, but into college and through Mm -hmm. college, Um, because these these awards include like twenty thousand dollar scholarships. So every year they're going to give away five and the Giants, you know, they're keeping the door open, say, hey, maybe. One or two or three or all of these kids one day could be interns and mm-hmm. internships with the Giants often lead to full time positions with the Giants. So anyway, it's it's basically helping the community by helping the kids and helping the families cool. and making more opportunities for people who ought to get those opportunities, but don't necessarily get them, unfortunately. Well, um, as you mentioned before, you literally wrote the book on Willie Mays, 24 Life Stories and Lessons from the Say Hey Kid that you co-wrote with him. Do you have a favorite story or, or life lesson that you learned from Willie Mays? Wow. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. That's a tough one. Um, when, when, I, when I look at all the time I spent with Willie, I, I, I think of a time in which he looked at me and spoke about getting signed by the Giants and uh, reporting to the New Jersey, um, the Trenton Giants, uh, the Class B Interstate League, as you know, 19-year-old high school graduate. And like I said, this is three years after J- Jackie became a Dodger, so uh, he was hearing all the abuse in the in the stands. And you got to remember, he went from the Negro Leagues, you know, obviously an all-black league, to to this to this uh, interstate league, it's called. He was the only minority in the whole league, not just on his team. So, uh, how tough could that have been? It, it was just some of these cities they're going through through the South. And Willie looked at me and said, "You know, I, I don't know at, at that time if I was going to stick with it." And it just like brought tears to my eye. What do you mean not stick with it? He said it was just too much. And I imagine there's no Willie Mays. Imagine there's no Goldgate Bridge. Imagine mm-hmm. baseball without Mays, America without Mays. And, you know, you're thinking of maybe going back to Birmingham and like his dad working the mills or playing on, you know, maybe return to the Negro Leagues. Or mm-hmm. um, Luckily for all of us, you know, he, he persevered and overcame all the abuse he was receiving and and 
and turned to cheek like his dad told him, don't say anything, just just uh, be strong and move forward. And eventually, you know, Willie Mays did say something, but in the end, he won the biggest loss and and we're all that much better for it. So, I, I, I mean, shoot, there's all kinds of lessons about perseverance and and pushing hard and being what you want to be. And it, every chapter starts with a lesson from Willie Mays. And, and shoot, I think that's worth the price of admission right there. I'm not here to sell books. <laughs> but uh but anyway um yeah it's a lifetime experience to hang out with Willie Mays and to write a book not just about his life stories but about you know his life lessons great well thank you for sharing them with me today it was fun to talk to you well thanks Heather this was fun great well ha- have a happy Willie Mays 90th birthday well you too happy birthday Willie happy 90th <laughs> Thank you to John Shea for joining me today, to Erica Carlos for producing this episode, and to you for listening. And thank you to Willie Mays for entertaining San Franciscans for so many decades. Happy birthday!